This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. 653. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Second hour as we get ready to kick off Memorial Day weekend. Don't forget, tomorrow morning we'll be back here at 6 a.m. live with a brand new program in case the world cracks in half. And from what I'm hearing, apparently Iceland is starting to crack in half. But we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, the, the Mad Cuban will be with us in just a second. But I got to take care of Tammy from Montana, who called in as we were talking about the situation with the special election that ended yesterday. The guy who ended up allegedly throwing a reporter to the ground was selected and, and a pretty convincing win for uh, Gianfante to uh, to take that seat in Congress. Tammy, welcome to the show. How are you? Uh, doing good. Doing What's good. on your mind? A couple of things, a lot of things. What isn't on my mind these days? <laughs> but I just wanted to make a comment on um, what happened with that reporter. In Montana, we try to pride ourselves on common sense as conservatives, <laughs> conservatives exclusively almost anyway and my comment was that uh, we understand that sometimes a bully needs to be spanked hard and have a little sense knocked into him well yeah there are people that say that that if you find a bully you punch him in the nose and you'll straighten him out i think we need to we need to get all sides of this and see if this was a bullying situation or if this might have been a guy who just was a little overtired and May have snapped a little bit, and he apologized think, last night. He did say it was inappropriate what he did, and and you know I I take him at his word, and the crowd forgave him. So uh, I agree the, with that, but I also think that he has had enough, just like the rest of us. We've had enough. I am currently in a situation with my job. I'm living in Utopia on the Willamette in Portland, Oregon where fairy tales exist, but reality doesn't. <laughs> we were talking about Portland. Uh, I'm, you're you're going to hear me talk to Carl Ruiz in just a minute, the Mad Cuban, uh, a great chef. We were talking about the Portland situation this morning with the two women who went to learn the yes. burritos, and they got and their business effectively uh, shut that's, down. That's a similar situation with me at my job. I was accused of um, discrimination against a Mexican, um, but what happened was he started saying he was attracted to cougars. They really turned him on. 
mind you, there's only three women on the floor and us, <laughs> you know, having to listen to him. And um, it pissed me off. Well, so you know, I, uh, I don't understand. I back on him. Tammy, I don't understand why sexual harassment like that is permitted, but you're not. You're then brought up on on uh, questionable exactly. charges. But we'll I get into it. that. Tammy, I I'd love it. to get into it, but I, I, Carl is cooking today, and I have to <laughs> I have to squeeze him in, and we have to talk about cooking. So thank you for checking in with us, and I hope yes, everything works out. Thank you for being part of the stunt. Thank you for stunt. being on the radio. <laughs> oh, you're 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 most welcome. Uh, joining me now, a guy who got up early Saturday last week and was uh, talking barbecue with us from Memphis, where he was at the, the Super Bowl of barbecuing. His name is Carl Ruiz, and you should follow him on Twitter. You should follow him on Instagram, where his, his Instagram account is Sabor Chef. And he's, he's a guy that's got a couple of restaurants. He and his wife operate restaurants in New Jersey, and you may have seen him on the Food Network, etc. But I... Uh, he just makes me laugh and he teaches me stuff. So uh, I, I, he's laughing now. But you don't think I pay attention, do you? You, you think I'm no, just... you do. You're smart. You're smart. You know, you know how to get the nectar. Uh, you ask me very smart questions. Well, you know, I'm trying to make sure that when I bring my barbecue game or even just my cooking game, that uh, it's it's a step above what everybody else is doing because you know we're we're now competing this way. It seems like neighbors all compete now to see who's going to bring the best food to the barbecue. So, Carl, what what's the easiest thing? Like we're going over to a neighbor's on Monday. What's the easiest thing for me to make that won't take a lot of prep time that they can? I'll walk in and they go, "What the hell did you do?" Um, there, there's, I think with barbecue, especially when you go to other people's house, um, it's great to bring non-barbecue items, um, just in case the barbecue is a complete disaster. Um, there's something, there's something else to eat. Um, you know, there's really fun stuff that you can do, um, and very cheaply, you know, you could mix and match some stuff together. You can, uh, you know, you can buy one of those $4 roasted chickens uh, yeah. that they sell in the supermarket. Um, the supermarkets make no money on those chickens, and they're incredible. They're incredible value. So you buy one of those roasted uh, chickens. You take them apart. You know, you take all the meat off the bone. You chop them up with a little cleaver. Um, you add some fresh onions and peppers and all that. Um, and then you put a little piece of aluminum foil on the, on the grill. With a little oil, you put that together, and you have instant fajitas, and uh, they're delicious. See, I didn't even think about that. I've always wondered, how do the grocery stores make a penny on those things? Because if you buy a raw, uncooked chicken, it's 6 bucks. but if they've cooked it right. for you, it's five ninety nine. How the hell does that? It makes no well, sense. It, well, it, it makes sense for them because grocery stores are no longer in the business of, of making money on everything. They're in the business of making sure that you don't go anywhere else. So, so they want you in the door and, you know, they'll take a hit on the roasted chicken, but then, you know, they'll, they'll charge you $30 for the conflict-free, free trade, uh, uh, toothpaste. <laughs> so you'll be, uh, <laughs> you know, that way you feel good about yourself. <laughs> oh, that's so, that is, you know what, it's funny because you're, you're so spot on accurate. <laughs> 
Now, this morning I was talking to you, and I, you, this this audience obviously didn't hear it, but we were talking about the Portland situation and the two women who went to Mexico, studied and learned how to make burritos, and then they had a successful pop-up restaurant with their burrito recipes, and the local media learned about it, and suddenly the social justice warriors put them out of business by attacking them for cultural appropriation. And you're a guy of, of Cuban heritage. Your wife's yeah. an Italian. You guys have right. an Italian restaurant. You cook right. all kinds of stuff. I know you're a barbecue guy. Where do the chefs stand on cultural appropriation of recipes? Well, the, our, our, the first place where we stand as chefs is we work 14 hours a day, so we don't really have a lot of time to... Uh, to, for these fake issues, you know, this is from, you know, people that are in Occupy Mom's Basement movement. You know what I mean? So they have a lot of time to be outraged about stuff. We're, we're making food for people, you know. So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I trained in France and in New York. Um, giant melting pots of culinary creativity. And, and we, we look as, at the world as a whole. You know, we're very global when we look at ingredients. And, and we don't have those hang-ups, you know. Um, I believe, you know, like my, my son. My son's 11 years old. And uh, I think one of the reasons that he is so cultured and tolerant is because of foods from around the globe. You know, the first time he ate curry, uh, he didn't even know what to make of it, but it opened a conversation with me and my son about where it comes from, who makes it and, and how to make it and what is fun Creek and cumin and all these sort of stuff in curry. And when he, when he met another Indian boy at 11 years old, they had something immediately to talk about. And it really, it, it, it smoothed out the differences with them and they found a common, uh, a common goal. And they, they talked about it and it made them friends. You know, so I have the complete opposite view on that. I think they, uh, you know, those girls in Portland, uh, if I can give them any advice, is they should have opened it in Montana. <laughs> that's a, that's a, it's a good point. And maybe they will. Who knows? I would have told them just change the damn name and don't tell anybody because, you know, as you know, people will find good food. If, if right. somebody's making a, a really good meal or a good house specialty, the, the world will, will literally beat a path to your door. And what, what are you sure. making today? Because I know you were in the kitchen early working on some kind of crab sauce. Yeah, we got about 150 pounds of crab, and we're making an old Sicilian-style crab sauce that goes over fresh pasta. Uh, we sell about, uh, we'll sell this weekend about 100 gallons worth. Wow. So, wow. yeah, it's a, big, it's a big undertaking. You know, we're in New Jersey, so... <laughs> You know, people here, you know, uh, we eat uh, we, very heartily. You know, you never know when you're going to be under indictment. So you always want to eat as much as you want here in northern Jersey. <laughs> yeah. You know, there, there's an entire wing in the prison in New Jersey just for former government officials, too. So oh, my I, God. I, I counted, Mike, I counted one day in my restaurant three people with anklets. Uh, probation anklets on at once. <laughs> Carl, that's called federal jewelry. <laughs> oh, I loved it. I loved it. It was messing with our Wi-Fi. 
you know what else? It's probably got your your restaurant on a watch list somewhere in Colorado. There are the, those old ladies who are monitoring all the people with the ankle, the federal jewelry, and they're going, there's three of them. There's three of them at this address in Chatham, New Jersey. We need to send an agent there. So you, oh you, you might be on a watch. So it, it's uh, Marie's Italian Specialties, the one in, in Chatham, right? In Chatham, New Jersey, yeah, and that's where I'm going to be all weekend. And it's a, it's a small little place, but we make our own cheese, we make our own sausage. Um, you know, we try not to hurt the Italian culture by doing it. My Lord, so what a crazy world we live in. You make your own cheese? We make our own fresh cheese, yeah. I mean, uh, it's uh, it's the only way to do it. You know, it's the way that we get the texture that we want. Um, and it's great quality control. You know, fresh mozzarella is... is you know, in this part of the country is is uh, is a staple. You know, they'll yeah, know if it's real or fake right away. If you don't get it right, because I've, I've gone to Arthur Avenue in the Bronx in New York and watched those guys make the fresh mozzarella, and you see they're, they're, from their forearms down is, is red. The skin is just red because it's been in that hot water for decades. Right. But that right. cheese, is it's to die for. Now, right. now i got to wonder... Yeah, a lot of those guys in Arthur Avenue, um, you know, they're they're still burning their hands. They're not thinking it through. I mean, we, we use a sous vide machine now uh, to regulate the water temperature, and uh, that way we're not we're not putting our hands in scalding water. You know, we figured it out. We use modern techniques to do old food, and it works. Well, if I'm if I'm uh, I got to get up to Chatham from Delaware because first of all, you got those tomahawk steaks for me, and I <laughs> I got well, I talked to I talked to the guy that makes them. And he said, I'll just give him a day lead and you'll have him whatever you want. So Good. You're, don't Good. worry I'll about do that. Now, if I'm making if I'm making like a, a rack of ribs or something today and I want to everybody's saying you got to rub it with something. What's the best thing to rub on the meat in order to season it before you put it on that grill or that real slow cook smoker? So so rubs are funny, right? Um, a lot of people they lose before they even start with rubs. Um, there's a place uh, in Austin, Texas called uh, Franklin uh, Barbecue. Okay, it's legendary. They, they have a two-day line there, and <laughs> their brisket is legendary. And one day I was talking to the guy, and I said, uh, what's your rub? He looks at me and goes, salt. <laughs> so, so you have to understand, rubs are great, right? But... Rubs are so complex because they're full of brown sugar. Um, a little tip here, if you're going to do a rub, make sure you buy new brown sugar. Because if, the old brown, if you use old brown sugar or brown sugar that's devoid of moisture, the rest of the rub won't stick to the brown sugar and it'll cake off the ribs and you've gone nowhere. So mm. in, invest in $2 and buy new brown sugar every time you make a rub. That's um, a good idea. Yeah, we, we do. You see a lot of tricks. You know, you 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 know. I, I know people that keep their uh, rubs in giant humidors for cigars. <laughs> you know what I mean? It keeps it nice and moist. That's that's but, fantastic. Um, yeah, but just use sp- basic things: salt, pepper, paprika, garlic powder, onion powder. That's it. All of them. So well, that's I, your starting point. That's your base. So that's easy. Right. Salt, pepper, garlic powder, and paprika. Simple rubs, and then expand to taste. I guess is the the advice right. you would give us. I I think. And the way you test them, and the way you test them, Mike, is you know don't test it on a thirty dollar rib. 
You know, if you have a toaster and some white bread, you toast a little bread. On the bread, you put a little bit of mustard. I mean, a little bit of mustard, a little bit of butter. Sprinkle the rub on there and then taste that piece of bread so you get an idea of where you're going to be with your barbecue. I love that. Test the rub in the toaster on a piece of buttered bread. Carl Ruiz, the Mad Cuban, the guy you can hear him on Sirius XM, on Roland's Food Court, and a lot of times on Opie Radio with our buddy Greg Opie Hughes. Uh, I hope you come back because I just think your 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 stuff is fantastic. And frankly, um, I, I love talking to you. But come well, back I, again. I love, I love talking. Thank you very Thank much. You, sir. I really appreciate it. Have Bye. a great weekend. And if you're in the, the Northeast, Marie's Italian Specialties in Chatham, New Jersey. You can find them on uh, mariesdeli.com, mariesdeli.com. And we'll be right back after the break. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. There's a lot of folks who are pinging me going, how close is Carl's restaurant? Well, first of all, it's Carl and his wife Marie's restaurant. And it's about an hour and 30 minute drive from where where I am right now. But that's not going to stop me. We'll check in with uh, Carl. I hope he comes back regularly because you guys like food. He would love to do a Q&A where people could could ask questions and he'll answer them. And I think I think food brings, as he mentioned, food brings all of us together. And speaking of food, do you know a food diva? Do you anybody know a food diva? You know, somebody who says, uh, yeah, well, uh, we're, we'll be happy to come over for dinner. But, um, but uh, you know, I'm lactose intolerant, and uh, I also, I also, uh, I, I can't eat um, any fish that's white or chicken or mushrooms or um, no dairy, no butter, except you, you know maybe goat cheese, um, and and of course I, I don't eat any game or I don't eat any uh, yogurt or broccoli or cauliflower. I'm lactose intolerant, uh, and, and if you have a cat, I can't come either. I'm also allergic to wool and cashmere and down feathers and g- gabardine and flowers. Can you imagine if you invited somebody over and, and that's the list they gave you? Can you imagine? Uh, the, the woman who made her big fame behind the NBC series Will and Grace is, is named Deborah Messing. And apparently, you know, I, I gave her a hard time before because she's a little bit of a snowflake. 
a little bit of one of the hashtag activists out there, but she's been invited to uh, be honored by a magazine and be on the cover of this this great magazine, a big event in in New York. And they they asked her to be on the cover of Hot Living, H-A-U-T-E, Hot Living. Sounds like a real upper crusty magazine, right? And uh, they said, well, come on, come on to the party. We'll throw a party in your honor and, and show you the cover. And it's at this trendy Soho restaurant in New York called Mamo. And she sent them a note saying, I would be happy to be there, but I have uh, some food allergies. And in all caps, she wrote all white fish, chicken, mushrooms, gluten, dairy, butter. Deborah does not eat game, beans, yogurt, broccoli, cauliflower. She's lactose intolerant. She can't have cheese or milk, only coconut milk. Additional allergies, allergic to wool, cats, cashmere, down feathers, gabardine. The only flower she's not allergic to is orchids. So I hope they feed her a bunch of breaded and deep fat fried orchids. I wonder where they're going to get gluten-free breadcrumbs to coat it. Why even show up? It's craziness, right? Come on back. We've got, we've got more to talk about. Just this silly story. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Pelka. We're looking at uh, just the overview of the news today. And in the story about the Manchester bombing, there are a couple different updates. And I'm, I'm kind of surprised that some of the reporting that's being done by outlets like CNN, who are, are actually taking this statement from a non-governmental operation out of Libya and going with it. They're running with it. It's from the group that caught Abedi's brother in Libya. And it's a, they're a militia group. They're not really a formal government operation. But they, this, this group is saying that Abedi spoke to his brother, the bomber, just 15 minutes before the blast. I just don't I don't know if that's uh, really wise to run with that information. If it's coming from a militia group, it's kind of like taking information from a militia here and then and running with it as if it were a verified news source. I, I wonder how the British intelligence feels about that. Speaking of British intelligence. They are telling us now there are a total of 10 people who have been arrested in the in the bombing and they are. Folks uh, gathered in the raids that they did on the, the house in Manchester, the apartment in Manchester, where they found what appears to be makings of a second bomb. And they believe the second bomb may be at another location. And that's why the elevated terror alert in England. They also looked at a, a property in Merseyside and a barber shop in Manchester was raided as well. But 10 people taken into custody. There was a couple who were released 
Now, when you think about this, when you think about the 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 city of Manchester, which is fairly fairly diverse in terms of cultures, as as we're told, uh, we hear that that there is a substantial Muslim population in Mersey or in uh, Manchester, and that. They were worried that this this man became radicalized recently after he traveled overseas and maybe he got some bomb training. And uh, you wonder about the the cultures melding together. And it seems to be that when you have these these enclaves that that come together in a city, instead of becoming more more integrated into the community, they actually seem to build their own their own philosophical walls and create more of a problem than they actually do taking on the spirit of the community that was there before. And I guess that's kind of natural, but it's here that it's worrisome. And I'll tell you why. There's a guy I follow on YouTube called Ami Horowitz, and he spends time in America talking to people about uh, issues just like this, about multiculturalism and uh, the melting pot, which has now become uh, less of a melting pot and more of, as I said, these are like different sectors, different, different walled off areas. For example, in London, we know there are no go zones. There are parts of London affectionately known as Londinistan. And they are Muslim enclaves where people like me are not welcomed and women Without uh, without a burqa or or a headscarf, they're certainly not welcome and likely to be harassed. But could that exist here in America? Could there be places here in America where Sharia law would be preferred over American law? Well, you you don't have to go very far. Horowitz visited sections of uh, of a part of Minneapolis, Minnesota and talk to people in that town. People who sound like average Americans. They happen to be Muslim, and some of them, when asked if they would prefer the American law to Sharia law, gave really surprising answers. Many of these people are university students as well, so it's not like these are people who are locked up and uh, kept in a basement for years either. Listen to just some of the people a answering the questions from Mr. Horowitz about Sharia law versus American law. Feel more comfortable living under American law, or do you feel more comfortable living under uh, Sharia law? Uh, Sharia law. I'm a Muslim. I prefer Sharia law. Sharia law, yes. You prefer uh, Sharia law over American law? Of course, yeah. Of course, yeah. Do you find most of your friends uh, say, feel the same way? Yeah, of course, if you're Muslim, yeah. yeah. Sharia law, it says if you steal something, they cut off your hand. So basically, they can leave their doors, their stores, doors open. Nobody's going to steal anything because the Sharia is so tight. Usually, they, they don't do anything. The smallest things usually have big consequences. So this is a young man who's saying, and he's got his backpack on his, on his back. He's getting ready to go to school. He's saying that Sharia law makes it so that the stores don't have to lock their doors because if, if you steal something, you're going to get your hand cut off. 
And then we go into the Sharia law thinking, and this is, again, this is in Minnesota. This isn't on the streets of Somalia. This is in Minnesota. And these are folks who are here trying to take advantage of the freedoms we have without becoming or believing in everything that America is. And forgive me, but if you're going to come to America and going to take advantage of everything that's here in America, I want you to become an American. I want you to follow the American laws. I don't want you to pledge allegiance to another, another set of laws. And they, they might be thinking that this is great, that you could leave your doors open. But the other aspects of Sharia, like if you steal a candy bar, we're going to cut your hand off. I'm sorry, that's barbaric. And then you get into the case of, of being able to tell children when they can get married or force kids to marry who you want. This is a woman in the same neighborhood. His daughter marries somebody. Yeah, he can. Yeah, he can. He has the authority, you know? The authority there. Yeah, to do that. Yeah. So here, how young do you think it's okay? Uh, yeah, 15. How do you feel when, when this whole controversy with the Prophet Muhammad and people depicting the Prophet in cartoons, how does the whole thing make you feel? That really pisses me off, you know what I mean? Because it's, I mean, they know it's a button to push. Aleph makes me angry. And it's just that everyone gets like the big freedom and then they don't see that they, they, they're, the freedom that they're getting is causing a problem. Uh, it's casting hatred for other people. Would it be so these folks are supporting the violence against people who would draw or depict the Prophet Muhammad. These are people who would also support children being forced to marry someone because a parent wants them to marry someone. These are people on the streets and in the schools in Minnesota. These are university students. This is, this is a scary reality for me. I see it in, I see it in, uh, in, in England and we see it in the 15 attacks in the last three years all around the globe, the real bad, deadly attacks. And these are people who aren't, who aren't melting in the melting pot. They are choosing instead to have a, a separate pot in a separate category, but they want all the rights. They want all the privileges. They want all the benefits, all the welfare of America without being Americans. And it's a problem. And it's a problem. And I will tell you that John Kelly, the head of DHS, John Kelly, a guy who is in charge of of making sure that our transportation hubs run well, the Department of Homeland Security and the TSA and all that, make sure that we're safe, that we make sure all that travel is okay and smooth. Well, John Kelly appeared this morning, this very morning on Fox and Friends, and he talked about his job. And when we come back, uh, I want to play for you John Kelly's statement that scared the hell out of me and Frankly, it should scare the hell out of you. And I'll share it with you next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. You know, I got so wrapped up in my uh, my update on the British report and the the uh, Sharia law survey that just really ticked me off. I I wanted to uh, I forgot completely about Mark in Maryland, who's on the phone. Mark, I hope you'll forgive me, but welcome to the Friday off the rails edition of Pure Opelka. How are you, sir? Oh, hanging in there, Mike. Just best I can do. Well, that's, just, that's good. Yeah, when, when it, just remember this. When it comes to the barbecue, when it yeah. comes to the grill, fear not the magical thrill. You must allow yourself to experiment and go at it full force. But one thing you got to remember, don't burn down the house. Well, I, that's always good advice. Don't don't burn down the house. Do you think I'm grilling in the house? No, I'm at least out in the backyard, Mark. Yeah, but I mean, when you're out in the backyard, things can get out of hand, and all of a sudden the lawn catches up, and the side of the house goes up. <laughs> I've seen some of my neighbors do those things. You know what I've and, seen? And then, the guys who deep fat fry the turkeys forget oh. that you you can't put a frozen turkey in hot oil it will create a, basically a flamethrower situation so yeah that's but i'm pretty good but the cuban the cuban's got me going uh, old school he wants me to go back to the the weber charcoal grill and learn how to manage the heat and I, i'll i'll admit i got kind of spoiled by the propane but he's bringing me back to uh old school like uh slow cooking on on the grill so i'm working on it oh yeah especially if you got one of those webers with the side flips so yeah. you can add additional charcoals with a tong so you you don't burn yourself yeah it keeps it and, going you uh, used to have to take the you used to have to take the grill the the grid off and that was a pain but yeah they they fixed it they figured it out and so he's he's got me working on it i've got a ways to go but we'll get there but, you know, yeah. it's, I, I want everybody, to, it's like you said, just get out there and try. The best tip he's given me, he's given me two really good tips. Room temperature on the meat, when you cook it, just put it out and let it get up to room temperature. It really does work. And this, this testing of the rubs by putting it on a piece of uh, white bread with butter and then and letting it toast so you can taste what you're rubbing into the meat, it's, it's genius. And it's so simple that uh, this is why I love the guy. This is why he's such a great guy. I'll tell you what, uh, that is the way. And my dad always taught me about letting a steak sit out. Yeah, it, letting it works a steak great. rest. Let well, the Mar steak Mark, rest. Yeah, and let them rest after you take them off the grill. That's right. The juices will come right back into them, and it's re oh, now now I got to go out and get some good steaks for tonight. Mark, thank you for calling. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. I got to get to this clip. I promised everybody. Uh, I am. I I was watching Fox and Friends this morning, and John Kelly was on. He's the uh, the head of the Department of Homeland Security. And they're talking about everything. Uh, you know, they're talking about the, the situation with air travel, that we're looking at changing some of the rules on, on how we allow people to board planes carrying different kinds of technology. And um, he brought up a point.
that I think threw everybody for a loop on the Fox and Friends uh, set this morning, and it I I didn't fully grasp it until I listened to it again in the replay. This was John Kelly this morning. Uh, first, uh, it's everywhere. It's constant. Uh, we've had four major terrorist attacks in a week on, in four different places, obviously Manchester, um, uh, Egypt, uh, Philippines, and Indonesia by the same, generally the same groups. It's uh, nonstop. The good news is for us uh, in America, we have amazing people protecting us every day. DHS, obviously, FBI. Uh, fighting the uh, the away game is DOD, Department of Defense, uh, CIA, NSA, working with these incredible allies we have in Europe and around the world. Uh, but it can happen almost here anytime. Uh, I was telling Steve on the way in here, if, if he knew what I know about terrorism, he'd never leave the house uh, in the morning. Yeah. But the good news is, again, we're the finest men and women in uniform, out of uniform, uh, police officers, local law enforcement, New York City cops uh, protecting us. Thank goodness. Do you know when the Department of Homeland Security chief says that I told Steve Ducey as we're coming into the studio, if you knew what I knew, you'd, you'd never leave home. That's not exactly what I needed to hear. And I think when John Kelly said that, he realized it and tried to kind of back it a little bit, tried to walk it back way in here if if he knew what I know about terrorism he'd never leave the house uh, really? in the morning yeah but the good news is again we're the finest men and women in uniform out of uniform uh, police officers local law enforcement New York City cops uh, protecting us thank goodness yeah I think he was trying to walk that back just a little bit still gives you pause doesn't it at least it does me Michael Pelka I'm Piero Pelka just around the corner uh, next hour you know, do we have time to get to Maxine Waters? We have Chris Matthews saying dumb things, Donnie Deutsch saying dumb things. Uh, there might be a whole bunch of dumb things. I'd like to reach out and get a Memorial Day update from our friend Ernesto. Yes, I think we'll do that next hour too. Mike Opelka on Pure Opelka. Come on back. Pure Opelka with Michael Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.